Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 885 4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508 252 3359. Propane Heating and Cooling. It's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, petro.com it's friday it's a rainy friday it's a stormy friday if you don't have to go anywhere i would not go anywhere it's it's one of those types of rainy fridays there's always been already been uh, major problems on the roads 95 north essentially was almost closed into a parking lot because of a a tractor trailer that uh went off or caused a problem, and and so there's already people starting this Friday. Plus, it is the Christmas season, so there are people that you know tonight obviously want to. Uh, there'll be various Christmas parties, so. Uh, but the the roads, folks. Again, I and I don't say this lightly, but I think it's one of those days if you do not have to go anywhere. And and I'm not saying you know, I mean it's not treacherous it's just it's heavy heavy rain there's going to be a lot of people on the roads i would just argue that that some of the errands that people have if in fact they can be postponed i would actually wait i am supposed to attend a christmas party tonight and uh, i'm even dreading that and that's not till later on now listen on this friday um i was out with the cranston police last night we were going to have that up on the website, tobetro.com. It was a very sad ending to the missing individual who was a young man that was missing in the East Greenwich area. And that uh, that is, well, they found him, but it did not have a happy ending. But I want to draw attention to an interview uh, that Channel 12 did, the exit interview with Providence Mayor Jorge Elorza. And as someone that has been critical of him, I was so impressed by this and what he maps out in this interview. And now an exit interview is the person's leaving office. And so you kind of go over their time in office and so forth. It He he is so on the money and honest and straightforward. I, I The part that I was the most interested in was the part about the Providence Public Schools. And I this is the most honest I've heard anyone talk about the Providence Public Schools, the problems with the Providence Public Schools. Now, with someone, again, I've been critical of Mayor Lorza, but not in regards to this. You know, he goes after Governor McKee. He explains exactly what the problems are. And and he doesn't hold back. So I want to play some of this. <clears throat> I think even the interview with Steph Machado, she's even taken aback 
at at just how some of the things he's saying and straightforward. Almost to the point where I, I'm not going to say she wasn't prepared for it. It's her interview. She got the interview. I give her credit for that. But he is. This was someone who was truly ready to tell it like it is. So I want to dip into it. This is proudest mayor Jorge Alorza, and it's really extraordinary. Okay, well, hold I on. It's going to work into it a little bit. But again, it's available on their website, depetro.com. But he does not hold back. And especially when it comes to Governor, Governor McKee and the state takeover of the schools. Okay, here we go. I told, I told her that I was only interested in going this route <clears throat> if we did the whole shebang. If we did here we the go. entire school department. This is the schools. Because as I saw it, the problem was the contract. Yep. So the state could take over three schools, but unless the contract wasn't addressed, many of the structural changes that we need to, that we needed to make would never come about. So he, Mayor Lorza, says that he had lunch with Gina or Governor Raimondo talked about taking over three schools and he i want you to listen because he's nailing down the problem is contract and i want to be really clear they can't get rid of teachers in providence the contract it's not part of the problem the contract is the problem you can't fire a teacher in providence i want to repeat that you can't fire a teacher if you your student your parent whatever your child has a bad teacher there's nothing you can do they are stuck with them the principal can't do anything they protect bad teachers the solution is the charter schools the reason the, sol the solution is the charter schools is because the charter schools don't have to deal with the teachers union so here we go he said listen if, if three schools if you can do three schools why not take all the schools and so you know that was me bringing it to the table you gave up control of the schools right. you have since been pretty critical of how the state takeover is going I think the number one issue that that you've uh, been concerned about, of course, is the teacher's contract. Uh, so do you regret supporting the takeover or even pushing for the takeover now that you've seen how the first few years are going? No, and I'll tell you why. So um, the, the alternative is not much better. Right? Our schools have been failing our kids for 40 years. 40 years. And doing nothing is, is simply not an option. You know, as you mentioned, um, yes, I was and remain really critical and really disappointed that when the new governor came in, he made all the concessions to yep. the unions. Cave. And um, you know, it really is abandoning our kids. Yep. Something that is just unforgivable. Wow. Um, and so, uh, I, 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 you know, I think that our, our kids were betrayed. Wow. Now, with that said, you know, We've pushed this issue forward. I want to just be really clear. Mayor Lords just said Governor McKee betrayed the children. He came in and just made all concessions. The main focal point was the contract. I'm, I'm not going to give a great analogy, but I just want you to understand, if you're a Patriot fan, can you imagine that this is the team? You can't get anybody in or out. Think of the, the you, you can't get rid of anyone, right? You say to Coach Belichick, that's your team. You can't trade any players. This is these are the starters, and this is who you got to play. Period. Well, I think maybe we'll do this. Or the, no, no, no. That's it. You can't change anything. That's what it's like with the contract. 
All right, let's go back. But he just said uh, Dan McKee came in and betrayed the children of Providence. And there is a much deeper understanding in public education today that you know our schools need a radical transformation, nipping around the margins and changes at the at the edges. That's not going to cut it. We need a wholesale transformation of our schools, and uh, um, you know. That's why we propose coming in and rewriting the contract so it's a contract that works for kids. Now that we don't have that, there is no chance or no possibility of us going back to the way that things were because that doesn't solve things. Now we have to go that next step. We need uh. to continue to push the issue. What are the options available to us to bring about that transformation for our kids? And that's why you know I stood up here with, with, with two other mayors and said, look, work with the unions. Oh, and uh, can't. you know have them make the deep concessions that are necessary and if they don't make those concessions well then that's fine but then pursue a charterization option just right. do a full charter uh, charter model yes and the idea is not necessarily to go from one to the other um, the next day listen to this but the idea is to let the general public know that we actually have options yes the fact that our schools have been failing our kids for 40 years does not mean we have to resign ourselves to them failing our kids for another 40 years. Wow. And unless we get the changes that allow us to turn this around, well, then let's pursue the options that we have. At the beginning of the day and the end of the day, all that matters is, are we delivering a high-quality education for our kids? And if the answer is no, then the, the, we have to push and we find out, well, how is it that we're going to bring that about? And that's what I've consistently done. You don't think it's realistic, though, your proposal to maybe go to an old uh, charter district? We're going to get rid of the entire Providence Public School District and the teachers will go to other districts where they feel more respected? And then what do we have? What teachers do we have to teach the kids? So, you know... All right, now I want to just... that, that That's not a good question, okay? And notice she says the disrespected. That's a union talking point that Steph Machado just injected. She's not listening this is someone, I'm going to be critical, she didn't do her homework. <clears throat> in other states, in the state of Florida, if they deem a school is a failing school, they introduce a charter school. It's options. That's what he's talking about. She's not absorbing that. She must have union talking points. This business of, well, all the teachers are going to leave and go to where they're, dis where they're being respected, disrespected. Those are union talking points. When you hear something like that, if you're Mayor Lorza, oh, okay, we might as well have the union members sitting in front of us. <clears throat> We're talking about you deem a school is a failing school and open a charter school one by one. The charter schools have teachers. The charter schools start earlier. The charter schools get rid of poor teachers. The charter schools don't deal with the teachers union. That's why they're successful. Really disappointing to hear that question. I want to play that, uh, her question again. She's not absorbing it. Listen, so you're just going to close all the schools? The teachers will leave to go where they're going to be respected. You know, that that is such... What What is this about? Is this about kids learning? See, this is too adult-centric. Even the question's adult-centric. You're just going to close the school? There's no one learning. I don't know how else to explain it. What is wrong with you? They're just going to leave and go where they're going to be respected. Uh, uh, people want the jobs, but they want jobs where children are going to learn. What, what part of this don't you understand? It's not working. 
What part of that don't you get? I don't get it. We're just going to close. Yes. Close the blanking schools. Businesses close. This model doesn't work. I, I think he's being pretty straightforward here. It's a, it's a vision. And the teachers will go to oh. consistently done. You really think it's realistic, though, your proposal to maybe go to an all-charter district? We're going to get rid of the entire Providence Public School District, and the teachers will go to other districts where they feel more respected, and then what do we have? Oh, the teachers do we have God. So, you know, it's a, it's a vision, and the idea is to open the public's minds around what is possible, right? What we have today is not the only, you know, is not the only um, possible outcome. There, um, there, are, there are options available to us. And uh, while I don't think it's realistic that from one day to the next, this will happen, but if we have a conversation around, you know, turning traditional public schools into, into charter schools, well then perhaps we can start by you know, taking, you know, historically, woefully underperforming schools. He's one right. Time. Yep. And, uh, uh, you know, let's say we start with the worst of the worst. Yes. And uh, we phase out one school. Yep. In one traditional school. And in its place, in the same building, we start up a charter school. That's Good. Able to start I like it. He's right. Yay, Alorza. And the idea is to, um, you know, expand the range of options that we believe we have. Yep. And for us to push our push our imagination as to what's possible in public education. Boy, I like that. Uh, because, you know, the reality is that the house is on fire yes. on education. Yes. And it's been on fire for 40 years. That's right. And I hope that through my actions and actions of others, yep. that we continue to push this to the forefront and uh, um, and instill this sense of urgency. That's right. Around the changes that we need in education. And I don't think anyone can say that I've acted with anything less than absolute urgency with our schools. You mentioned Governor McKee earlier when you talked about the teacher's contract. Do you blame Governor McKee Listen or to this. Commissioner Fonte Green when it comes to how the state takeover is going? Well, whoever it is that like signed or authorized the signature of that contract. She signed it. Yeah. Um, so, so whoever it is that signed or authorized, whatever. All I know is that um, the Look state how had an opportunity. That's a union talking point. Her, her, she signed it. Well, he told her to sign it. He negotiated it. Uh, I mean, again, folks, I'm trying to be fair here. This is Stephanie Schauder, Channel 12. Who, whose signature's on it? That's a union talking point. She signed it. You know what the union wants to do with education? Commissioner Infante Green, fire her. She signed that. Who, whose signature's on it? You're blaming Governor McKee. Who signed off on that? Do you think she would have signed it if he didn't say, that's the deal? We're taking it. And if you want your job, you're going to sign it. No, 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 no. He, he's the one that came in and made all the concessions, Governor McKee, because he wanted their endorsement for the election. He didn't get their endorsement. They endorsed Nelly Gorbea. He got the endorsement from NEA Rhode Island. That's a union talking point. Machado, who, whose signature is on that? Do you think Infante Green could have just signed away? Do you know this went on for weeks and months because they were battling back and forth with these negotiations and McKee caved and gave them everything they wanted. And yet, what is Steph Machado? Oh, who's, uh, whose signature's on that? She, that's a union talking point. Mayor Lorza is sitting, people, folks, if people wonder the problems with the Providence Public Schools, problems, I should say, 
The Channel 12 reporter who's interviewing the mayor in his exit interview is using, using union talking points for the interview. You, want, you talk about, I, I'm not going to say corruption, influence. Maybe it's a better word, Juan. Union influence. It permeates in. You can see it right there. Who's whose signatures on that? Huh. You're blaming Governor McKee. I think do you think Infante Green had the right to just yeah, here you go. No. No. It wasn't like that. I remember exactly when that happened. That's when Alorza flew off the handle, went after Governor McKee and said, You signed off on that? We've been battling for them for three years on this whole thing, and you just conceded? folded the tent, gave them exactly what they wanted because you have no backbone. And now Machado's trying to say, who's, uh, whose signature's on that? Is that a front? What does that say? Oh, a Fonte Green. Well, that's the afterthought. She couldn't have signed off on it if Governor McKee didn't say that's the best we're going to get for right now. Radically transformed. Uh, let me go back to that. The structure. Here we go. Whoever it is that signed or well, whoever it is that, like, signed or authorized... Here we go. Hold on. Go back. Do you blame Governor McKee more than Commissioner Infante Green when it comes to how the state takeover is going? Well, whoever it is that, like, signed or authorized the signature of that contract... She signed it. Yeah. Um, Here so, we go. So whoever it is... It's staff, teachers union rep. All I know is that... She signed it. The state had an... Fire her. Right, Steph? Oh, I'm not saying that. Oh, okay. Which, um, He's certainly inferring it. Refused to take that, to take that choice. God and, Almighty! Uh, you know, as I've said many times, it was a it was a backroom deal in plain sight. Uh, you make concessions to the unions, and you know, teachers statewide will support you in your next in your next election. It was a bare naked political play. Yeah. And something that clashes fundamentally. He's with right. The way that I go about government. Alors is right. Which is, what's the problem? Yep. What's the solution? Right. Rather than take into account the political. That's right. Do you think you'll send your son to Providence Public? Listen to this. Absolutely not. And it hurts me to say that. Wow. You know, I was one of these, like, you know, never die, like, absolutely public schools. Um, and my wife and I have had this conversation. Listen to this. It's difficult for both of us to have reached that conclusion. Um, but the reality is that um, while most teachers, in fact, like, you know, a, a, a super majority of teachers out there are awesome. They're fantastic. The chances that my child or any any one of our parents' child at some point in the 13 years from K to 12, the chances that they're going to have a bad teacher one of those years is very, very high. Yep. And, uh, you know, you just can't afford your child losing losing a full year. Um, and so, you know, um, you know, we would love to have a, a public, a traditional public school department. Uh, where we can't. would be very happy to send our kids. Um, but um, the reality is that you know, there are very, very few paths within the traditional public schools yep. where your kid doesn't have, um, isn't in a bad situation for at least one of their years. That's right. And I mean, how does that feel? You, you've been the mayor of the city for eight years and you don't feel like your own child what? could thrive in the school system. I guess, how do you feel leaving office with that being the situation? Think, First of all, the question, think think what the statement that is that he's saying. And she doesn't even pick up on the fact Ramundo wouldn't send her kids beyond, I think they went to oh, the uh, the public school. It could be a charter school, but it's the public school in Fox Point. Um, Gregorian. 
Regina's kids went there. Then they went to, I think, LaSalle and um, Wheeler. I think Wheeler, maybe. How does that? What do you mean? How do you think it feels? But that she's not absorbing the impact. The question next should have been what? What criteria? What would have to change that you would send your son to the Providence Public Schools? But notice he came out of the box. Absolutely not. Yeah, you know, it, it, it absolutely feels like unfinished business. And that's part of the reason why we stood here and did the press conference with the incoming mayor. You know, when I became mayor, um, you know, more than anything else, what I wanted to do was turn around our public schools. What I came to realize is that there is no mayor, there is no superintendent, there is no principal that can turn around our schools. It's not about individuals. You can't bring in Superman or Superwoman yep, to turn around right. schools. The problems are structural. Yes. And unless you address those structural challenges, nothing's going to fundamentally change. When I saw that, that's when I brought in the state to make take the, take the step at, uh, uh, for the structural changes to the contract. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. And now we're left... Uh, trying to uh, trying to push for the other structural changes that are within our control and are within our, our actual options to us. And that's where the charter school conversation comes in. But just to wrap up, are you thinking for your son, charter school, private school? We will be applying to, to this. the charter schools. And uh, if he doesn't get into a charter school, well, we'll figure out a way to send him to private schools. You know, and on, on this point, you know, what we want for every parent in Providence is what every family with means already has. Yep. Families with means, they exercise choice every day. They move to districts with better public school departments. They send their kids to private schools. They do tutoring. They do homeschooling. There are choices and options for families with means. And that's all we want for families without means as well. Um, I want to ask you about your reparations program. You know, folks, again, that is uh, Mayor Lorza. I was very impressed. You're listening to the John DePietro show. It's not an imposter. Um, I, I, wow, that's a, you know, if he feels that way in what he's saying, that's a valuable person to see walk out the door. And he's exactly right about options. You need options. Parents right now don't have options. I, don't, I just, I know members of the media, they don't understand it. They don't comprehend it. It seems too hard to understand. Your, your child goes to a school, you have a terrible teacher, they won't fire the teacher. You can't switch them out of the class. It doesn't get better. They don't learn. The year is a nightmare. That, and that's going on. And the principal, they all know you can't fire teachers in that school. And the, the union and the, the, peop, the adults in it, they don't care because they have a contract and you can't change the contract. And the contract is the problem. All right, it's Friday. Much more ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. You are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is dePietro.com. It's time for our legal segment. Join And Tim, uh, we did talk about this last week. Uh, regarding this homeless encampment at the Rhode Island State House, the McKee. Last time we spoke, they issued notices saying that starting on Friday they had 48-hour notice; they would no longer be allowed to be there. 
on morning. Judge Cruz, I believe, um, gave them a halt. And here it is, basically a week later, they have been in court. It's postponed again until Friday. And what what there's different elements of this, including the ACLU angle that has now entered into it, Tim Dodd. But let's just start off with the basic uh, statement of, I think it was uh, the attorney that was representing these individuals saying, hey, it's the people's house and these people don't have the right to evict them. There's some different pieces of this, but where do where do you think we we stand right now with this, Tim Dodd? Uh, <laughs> I'm not quite sure where we stand. I mean, it's become yeah. quite. I mean, I understand the McKee people didn't want to move these folks out during an election cycle. He let this get way ahead of him, and now yeah. it's a festering mess. Um, you're right. Uh, the judge hearing the case on Wednesday. Um, I think put it over to Friday to give the t- uh, parties more time to try to come up with a solution. I mean, I think the judge smartly is looking for an off ramp to get a settlement and not have to really make um, rulings on issues of law, such as the rights of these folks to um, occupy the state house property. Um, I think everyone's looking for a solution. The McKee people don't seem to have the beds or the warming stations to accommodate all the people that uh, need assistance. And some of the individuals and groups that support these individuals are looking for them to stay at the state house to continue camping out and to make a political statement about all this. Um, There's so many little interesting facets to this, John. The ACLU takes the position that this is not so much an eviction issue, that it's a free speech issue, and that these folks are occupying and camping out on the state house grounds as a political statement, and that they are exercising their First Amendment freedom of expression, camping there in protest of the fact that the state does not have enough um, um, rooms for them or uh, shelters, shelter beds, or no, I mean, I think they're looking for hotel rooms with, uh, you know, free HBO and, you know, all of the accoutrements. And I don't say that cynically, but I think that, there's a lot of public support and goodwill for these homeless individuals. But when the demands are, well, you've got to give us food, you've got to give us a hotel room, you've got to, got to, got to, we want, 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 you've got to do this. I, I think they lose a lot of people who would otherwise support them along the way. I could be wrong about that, but um, how big is the ask? How large will the ask get? When does the ask ever get satisfied? Uh, I'm not sure. So we've got a free speech issue, which I think if I was the judge, I'd be looking for an off-ramp because a simple eviction based upon some local ordinance that you can't camp out on the statehouse grounds, if that ordinance actually exists, it should be fairly straightforward. But the freedom of expression and the right to protest angle really muddies the waters and I think really um, 
puts the McKee administration in a quandary. The only thing is, if John, if it was ever determined, okay, they can stay there and they can um, camp out and they can protest because they're making a political statement. I, I can see that concept bleeding into all sorts of areas of society where yep. somebody is going to say, well, I, it's probably not a great example, but you're the landlord and your tenant says, I'm not paying you the rent because it's a political statement. And I'm going to, sure. sit, on the, I'm going to sit on the front steps with a sign saying, you know, housing is a human right and it should be free. And that's my political statement. And I'm morally opposed to paying you rent. And you can't evict me because this is a political statement. And I am exercising my right to free speech and free expression. It may not be the perfect example, but I can see if the courts recognize that these folks who are camping out have this constitutional right. And it's, I think, a bit of a stretch to try to make it into a free First Amendment um, constitutional argument versus a trespass argument uh, versus it's really not an eviction because they don't have any right to be there in the first place. They're not squatters. Right. They're not squatters because they're not inhabiting an abandoned building. They're in sort of an odd classification. It, it seems to me they're trespassers in, in plain and simple. Right. But I, I think the other really kind of surprising perhaps um, element of this is McKee comes up with this plan, 48 hours, we're moving you out, we'll give you storage for your stuff. And now there's a legal proceedings. So he reaches out to the attorney general and they say, Peter Narona says, I'm not going to defend you on this, Governor. Yeah. If, now, his theory is, well, Governor, you didn't come to me in the first instance to get my legal advice, and now you've stepped in it. So I'm not going to yeah. give you representation. That's not the way it usually works. Typically, right. somebody comes to a lawyer saying, uh-oh, I've stepped in it. I need help getting out of this. If the yes. standard was, if you step in it before you get my advice, I'm not going to help you. Um, that seems totally counterintuitive. Now, I'm sure Peter Narona does not want to get involved in this potentially constitutional argument and right. take, a, take the side against these um, homeless folks. But I think his legal reasoning for not defending the state of Rhode Island and the governor's office, um, I was astonished that that's the position that he took and he made that position public. Yes, and, and what does that tell us, Tim Dodd? I mean, that it's it's highly unusual. I think that's one of the more unusual elements of, of the case that the attorney general that in the past, uh, they certainly they, they would just be mum and maybe not say anything, but they, they're being vocal. It almost leads me to believe that they recognize maybe some of the the political ramifications of this whole story. Well, you get the ACLU involved, you've got private yep. groups involved, you've got the Center for Justice involved. You know, you've got a lot of social activist organizations lining up against the McKee administration. Yeah. Legal, legally, it's a bit of a head scratcher. Politically, yep. it's a hot potato. Yes. So, you know, for any politician, I'm sure they want to stay as far away from this as they can. Um, uh, there's no good side to be on here. I guess 
you know, public sentiment and um, the media is going to be sympathetic to the, the homeless folks, um, I'm not sure how many people are going to side with the more hardline approach that the McKee administration is attempting to take here. I, I think the judge is smart to try to put this off, put this off, and hopefully broker some sort of settlement that satisfies the interests of everybody without making rulings of law, which could have future implications down the road. Now, Tim Dodd, late today, uh, late Wednesday, I should say, Governor McKee, he announced that he's, he's going to have the National Guard who are going to basically operate this Cranston Street Armory. And the judge did say that he didn't want any new tents going up at the state house. I believe the main key people are trying to say, listen, they may have 30 tents. You don't have 30 people in those tents. Some of those tents are just there as almost like a prop, so to speak. But they seem to be, the McKee people seem to think, I believe that if they can prove there is room for the people at the state house to say, go to this whatever warming center at the Cranston Street Armory, could that maybe be the off-ramp for the judge? But, but Tim Dodd, the thing about that that kind of mucks it up a little bit is if this is a free speech issue, then I, I don't know if it would matter if there were enough beds, whether or not there are at the shelter. If someone's saying I'm protesting over the, you know, the amount, the lack of affordable housing, the lack of shelter beds, then I, I don't know if that's enough to satisfy them as far as their, whether or not they have the right to protest by camping out. I think you're right, John. I think if the judge said, well, we found sufficient beds, we found sufficient warming shelters, now there's room for all of you folks to get off of the state house lawn or the state house steps, I should say, and yeah. go to these shelters. Some of these folks are going to say, not so fast. I don't want right. to go. And you know, the ACLU is now involved, and I believe the attorney handling it for the ACLU is Lynette Labinger, who is yes. a really, really good lawyer. She's a tiger. She is yeah. a tiger. And um, if she gets a hold of this case, I don't think she will be satisfied with saying, okay, we found enough beds for these folks when it's cold. Uh, see you later. Let's end this case. It's. I don't think it's going to go that way at all. I think no. that the ACLU thinks they've found an opening to make a point and to yep. create some law, um, which would be favorable to you know the homeless folks in Rhode Island, and it could be law that has implications down the line. One of the cases that was certainly discussed, um, I believe it was out of. Idaho, there was like a four-year legal battle of the same nature between the governor or some political subdivision and advocates for the homeless who went through the same exercise in a four-year court fight, which wow. ultimately, ultimately ended in, I think, the state of um, Idaho contributing, I don't know, millions of dollars to come up with new strategies for dealing with the homeless. But this case could have legs and it could yeah. last for a long time. Yeah. Um, it's not gonna go away when the weather gets warm. No, and Tim Dodd, before we take the break though, um, I also wanna point out to people, and you can 
uh, you've kind of hinted at it, but what the ACLU, what people need to understand, it, they don't they don't take every case. Uh, the fact she's on it, they, there's they're definitely intrigued by it, and. Tim Dodd, I wonder that this could end up being like, you know, the, that was, you know, the manger case of whether or not there should be the manger scene at City Hall. And this, I think they see far more reaching uh, possibilities with this of whether or not, like this goes above and beyond a couple of people on Smith Street that say, I, I don't want to go to one of your shelters. I, you're absolutely right. I think that the ACLU would like to make some law on this. And yeah. I think they they think right now they've got a tiger by the tail and yeah. uh, they can um, score some points for the position that they advocate for. Mm-hmm. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews Oil Company, 24-hour emergency service. For over four generations, they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe. Trusted oil delivery. Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401-942-7500. You can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer of rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable affordable service for you and your family celebrating 90 years of service call them now it's going to be a cold winter get that tank filled call matthews oil company today 401-942-7500 in an emergency they offer 24-hour emergency service Matthews Oil Company, 401-942-7500. It's not solar, but you can help people save money on their electricity. Yes. Uh, If they're a commercial customer and they're with the grid, uh, local utility, we can also uh, provide them with electricity and also commercial natural gas for uh, right to their business. For over 125 years, Ameriprise Financial has provided advice for clients' unique goals, help millions of Americans retire on their terms. Now, as we're at the end of the year, beginning of a new year, why not take advantage of our free consultation? Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Offices located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for for you through a personal one-on-one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, 401-434-1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren. Take advantage of this free consultation, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Call right now, 401 401- 434-1510, Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisors. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, 
to ptrump.com. Folks, joining us right now, the guy is a, a scoop machine, for crying out loud. Let's start off once again. He's modest about it, but Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe has a new scoop. He actually has a very interesting, very intriguing column. But uh, in Roadmap today, and that is the next move and act for outgoing mayor, Jorge Eloza. Yes, the mayor is going to be, uh, you know, obviously he's wrapping up his two terms and he'll be out of office by uh, what January 3rd, I think. And so he's going off to teach at, uh, at Roger Williams University, where he used to teach. He used to teach uh, in, at the law school there. So he's going back there. Um not a huge surprise. I kind of thought that he would go back to teaching at, at some point. What I'm more intrigued by is he, he keeps saying that he's still open to kind of other ideas. I've heard, you know, I've heard he wants to work with people like, and this is, gets into my column today too, but I've heard he wants to work with Helena Folks a little bit on uh, some sort of education type program or nonprofit advocacy group type thing. Um, so he's still exploring other things, but his immediate next act, like where he's going to be drawing an income, will be from Roger Williams University School of Law. And Dave McGowan, uh, one thing about, well, one element of Mayor Lord's leaving office, he's leaving with the, the lowest, the crime rate is the lowest it's been in years. So in many ways, he's kind of leaving on a high note. He is. You know, it's interesting. I, I thought for the last year, really ever since he decided not to run for governor, I'll give him credit. I think he has been, you know, we, we can all disagree with sort of the, the issues he pushes. But I think the last year he's had a really focused administration. They've really yeah. tried to, you know, uh, again, reparations being like the big conversation. You, again, you don't have to like it, but he got it through, kind of rammed it through in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, said he was going to do it. My biggest critique of him for years, I wrote a scathing column about him about a year and a half ago saying the guy never gets anything done. He just moves right. on to new things. To his credit, I think he I think he really focused the last year. You're right. You got crime down after a really high homicide year in 2019. You've had a low, relatively low violent crime, you know, and, and property crimes this year. Um you know, I think he is he is leaving in a better place than he was. You know, I think if, if he had run for governor, I think it would have been a pretty ugly. I don't think he would have had a chance to win. Um, and so, yeah, the other thing to remember, he's leaving with $975,000 in his campaign account. Um, the only thing you can do with that is run for office. He, he will run for office again. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. This will make people pull their hair out a little bit, but an open office four years from now, attorney general, something I think uh, he, I think he would like to consider. So keep an eye on that. You know, you're always going to have a chance at governor. So, um, I, you know, he's going to be involved in politics in addition to this job at Roger Williams. Now, Dan McGowan, you've written a very intriguing column that uh, governor McKee should consider Helena folks. That's a high post for education. I, I am uh, very intrigued, Dan McGowan, at the way everything is aligning right now. Alors in that press briefing with uh, Brett Smiley, outgoing, well, new incoming uh, Mayor Smiley, uh, Joe Paolino, Angel Tavares. Right now, Governor McKee holding firm, Education Commissioner, Superintendent of Providence. Boy, the battle lines are really being drawn with the teachers' union. But Dan McGowan, Helena, folks, I don't think she lives in Cumberland. I think she lives in Narragansett. Could Governor McKee actually consider someone who doesn't live in Cumberland? That would be a very interesting choice if that would have happened. Or, I mean, let's give, let's be fair to him. The Blackstone Valley, 
right? Right. All right, Blackstone Valley. <laughs> uh, no, but you, you, it's a it's a legitimate concern, uh, you know. And and I float this idea, as you said, in in my column today. I say, you know, how about a Helena Folks for board of education chair? That's the like you said, high profile job. It's part time. It's the job Barbara Cottom for for real, you know, focused people who who know the name. It's the job she just left uh, uh, to go to Washington for. Um, and this is overseeing everything in education from, you know, pre-K implementation, all that universal pre-K money that's out there, um, all the way through the public colleges, right? You got to get Rick, uh, figured out that, you know, they're, they're, I think they actually are steadying the ship there with that new president, but, um, you know, th- that job oversees everything and it oversees the most importantly, perhaps the takeover of the Providence schools. Uh, you know, my take on this Look, it's hard. It's hard if you're the governor, you're, you know, appointing your enemy. We all hear, you know, Lincoln and team of rivals. It's much easier said than done. It's much easier, you know, to uh, read about it from, you know, 200 years ago as opposed to reading it, you know, you know, actually implementing it. So I get why the governor is going to want kind of his person. But talk about something that, you know, this is a this is a woman who came very close to being the governor. She yeah. clearly one, cares. One day you know, of. One day of voting. Uh, one day of voting. Probably if she had an extra week, probably, you know, pulls through, wins the race. And obviously, given what happened in the general, I think she would be clearly the next governor. Um, you know, she cared about education. Campaign trail, of course, her, her you know big pitch was I won't run if the test scores don't improve, that sort of thing. Um, and understands, I mean, this is, you know, her, her pitch as a candidate was, you know, I work at CVS. I understand big budgets. I understand moving pieces, you know, lots of people. I mean, that's the education system in Rhode Island or, you know, across Rhode Island, right? You're, if you're overseeing everything, you really do have, you know, you're, you have to pay attention to, you know, the little things that are going on in some of the smaller districts. You got to pay attention, obviously, to Providence and everything else. I think it makes a lot of sense. The thing that's most intriguing about my column, which I'll admit, this was just an idea on a whim. I was like, this sounds like an interesting thought. She got back to me and she said she'd be interested in the job. Wow. Um, which I think puts the little, puts the ball, you know, in, in Dan McKee's court now in, in a lot of ways, because it's not like he is ob- certainly again, he's not obligated to hire her, but guess what? Now that Helena folks, the former, you know, CVS uh, executive, the, you know, near governor he- here in a lot of ways, now that she has shown interest, he's got a lot of pressure on him to pick somebody who is highly competent, yeah. uh, you know, for that job. This is not one of those jobs that you can say, you know, to, to one of your buddies, uh, whether it's in the Blackstone Valley or elsewhere, hey, you know, you, you, do you want this gig? Now, you know, we're going to measure whoever gets the gig against Helena Folks. You know, it's, there's so many different parts of this, Dan McGowan, from I mean, he potentially could be picking his successor, someone who could have tremendous success, who would then, you know, essentially take him out uh, in a Democrat primary four years from now. But the other side of that coin is she could go down in flames, become the unbelievable enemy of the teachers union. You know, I know first, well, not firsthand, but someone who was right there at the debate, I think at Johnson and Wales, that Democrat Channel 10 debate. When uh, Bob Walsh, NEA Rhode Island, walked up to Bernie Bonanno, her dad was there. And what I was told was Bernie Bonanno basically told him, like, why don't you get lost? You're supporting that guy over my daughter. Now, granted, AFT is not NEA, but they, they endorsed 
Nellie Gorbea. So That's she right. has no allegiance to the teachers union. No allegiance to the teachers union. I think I, I do trust that she would want to do, you know, roughly what is right. Um, by the way, to your to your point, I think you just hit on something that's that if I'm Governor McKee and I'm playing a little bit of the long game here, I actually think you put her as the as the chairperson. You know, you want to have your fights with the you, you, you're always going to have some fight with the unions, even even if you're in the bag in some ways for the unions. There's always going to be something that comes up. Let her kind of be the face of that. Yeah. You're right. It could hurt her politically. The thing about this, if, if I'm the governor, is, is also. Look, if the governor does the job he thinks he's going to do, right? And all governors come in. They all think they're going to do a good job. Nobody ever right. says, I'm going to be unpopular when I leave office or, or, you know, in four years. If Governor McKee does everything he thinks he's going to do, then Helena Folks has no path to beat him four years from now. It's right. very hard to beat him in a primary if he's got all the union support, kind of all the institutional support, even all the party support if he's a relatively popular governor. Um, and so it's, a, you know, he, he unfortunately, the kind of the way I think Governor McKee sometimes thinks he would treat this as, oh, my God, she's my rival. You know, she what, what is she doing? What is she plotting against me? The truth is, again, her success is your success if you right. if, if, if you put her in that job. And again, you can distance yourself if, if you know, if you end up in a fight with the unions that you don't like. By the way, you can always fire her, right? You can always. Sure. There's lots of angles that, that you can play here. Um, my guess, just and this is completely based on just my, my own personal kind of opinion here. I think it was a savvy move by Helena folks to say she's interested. I think she knows he'll never appoint her uh, or, or even ask her. Um, I'm not even sure she actually would want the job, but I thought it was a really savvy play to say, yeah, yeah, I would absolutely be interested in that job. It absolutely is. Folks, uh, much more ahead. Quick break. Dan McGowan, Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. They specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps outdoor kitchens landscape lighting retaining walls lawn installations excavation call limitless outdoors today let's dream build and enjoy 401-580-1852 based in smithfield limitless outdoors they also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces limitless outdoors Call them today. Free quote. Get the most of your outside. You're going to love what they can do for you. 401-580-1852. 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. Dream. Build. Enjoy. to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2. But visit the website, dipietro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link. Contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, when we do Facebook Live or YouTube, 
or Twitter. It's all right there at the website, petro.com And then remember, once you're there, you can also visit the shop. We have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there folks it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com and on the left hand side you can always listen live again all our links everything begins and ends right there at the website dipetro.com falcon pest services 12 months of the year you could have a pest problem serving rhode island and massachusetts called falcon pest services today 401 739 1322 free consultation 401 739 1322 locally owned and operated serving rhode island and southeastern mass they offer services for termites bed bugs ants roaches mice rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests call today for a free consultation whether it's for your home or a restaurant maybe it's once a year maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com folks visit the website on the website you'll see all our links to social media whether it's facebook or youtube instagram even tiktok plus you if you want to reach me that's the best way to do it we have unique original stories videos content log on right at the website dipetro.com next time you have an emergency think at med urgent care two locations 1524 atwood avenue johnston that's right in the atwood medical center and also 5750 post road east greenwich right across from felicia's at med urgent care when you have an emergency they specialize ambulatory medicine they provide immunization school and sports physicals at atmed urgent care they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families they're on duty at all times they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical now if you're in a car accident go to atmed urgent care avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms they also do adult vaccinations, laboratory testing, at Med Urgent Care when it's an emergency. 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston, that's right, in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, online at admedurgentcare.net. remain healthy stop in and see marie at it's my health 1099 menden road in cumberland you can also look for on facebook but call her 401-305-3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection 
vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skincare. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie 401-305-3585 diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. 